everybody. It's Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Michael T.O.I.P. Cole. And this time, squatting, virtually squatting in the baby's room with me is James Jones. I'm actually squatting, too, if that, if that adds to the experience. <laughs> yeah, but my computer is also where the baby sleeps, so, uh, you know, he might go to sleep a little bit late today. Oh, well. Father's prerogative, I guess. <laughs> I really shouldn't move this. <laughs> There's probably some value in that. Anyway, uh, yes, we, we do still have a podcast. Uh, it's called Radio Trivia. <laughs> this is a strong start for us, it, right? It, it happens uh, every couple of months, sort of, maybe. And uh, we like to play video game music on it. You have to listen to the songs. You're required to listen to the songs. You must listen. And if you feel like it, you can figure out the games too. Because uh, that, that's sort of a thing you can do on this uh, podcast is uh, figure out the game based on the songs. Uh, James uh, helped me pick most of the games this time. He does not know all of them. He knows most of them. Ooh. Um, so he will be playing along a little bit. I'm going to do really well at some of these. I have a feeling. As is kind of the norm, I, I uh, prepped really quickly after procrastinating, so uh, uh, hopefully I chose good songs, because I didn't give myself enough time for some of these games. It'll be fine. Look, I, I have confidence this will be so fine, you're going to edit this entire exchange out. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's get started. It's late where James is. Yeah. So. Time is just a number. Uh, it's episode 151. That's a number, too. That I is also a I, number. I, I, I don't know if I said that or not. It doesn't really I matter. but did. Yeah. Here we go. Definitely, uh, I definitely have a feeling for who composed that song. It's uh, very upbeat. It is very upbeat, like aggressively upbeat. (laughs) 
Oh, the instrumentation there is fantastic. It's a lot of fun. I, I don't regret putting that one in at the last minute. Like the decision, like the decision to allow that the what you think is the melody, it turns out to just be the accompaniment run for so long before you introduce the melody A is yeah. really is really kind of a bold decision. And then to just drop melody A that quickly and roll into a second melody. It, Oof. Uh, yep, I, I thought you'd like that song. I mean, it's, it's a good song. Yeah, it is. Yep. Well, here's your hint question. I don't know if you really need it, James, but here it is. <laughs> This game is notable for introducing use of which middleware to the series? Ooh. Uh, also, as a warning, this next song's pretty long. Okay, fair enough.
hope you're not asleep after uh, all that. No, okay, I, w- I was. It faded out one time, and I thought it was about to end, and it came back. So I wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to talk over the music right as it's starting to swell back up. That would be embarrassing. I, I can edit it in post. You know. I, I know. I know. But I'm trying to keep the facade alive. So. <laughs> Uh, James, what game is this? This would be The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It sure is a gigantic soundtrack. And, the, you know, the, the CD that I guess came with the collector's edition uh, really just doesn't do the soundtrack justice. I'm not, I'm not saying... Um, there aren't a lot, you know, a lot of good songs on there, but this is a huge soundtrack. They, they you know? pulled that same stunt that uh, that same stunt with Xenoblade X. Like this, I mean, you can you can have thoughts yeah, about but, that. But soundtrack. there are only like four good songs in that game, so you know. Yeah, I but really... so they gave you a USB drive with like three songs on. I'm like, the game has like 75 songs. <laughs> if you don't want to hear USB half drive, of them. you, you can really put you all know. of them on here. <laughs> it's and it's like, it's like a big USB. It's like. I want to say it's like two gig. They would have fit. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. So, yeah, this game has like fantastic music. And, you know, I I hate on, you know, Skyward Sword soundtracks. I mean, it, I think this game really hit the mark a lot better in terms of, uh, you know, cinematic, but also having a lot of really memorable, impactful songs. Um, I'll say both of those games, the music speaks to what the game is. Um, you know that there is a lot of like in in Skyward Sword, a lot of the soundtrack has these kind of like quick upshifts in music, the sort of it, that you normally put with like things like flight, mm-hmm. which of course is is central to what that game is. Um, it's a little bit more restrained than this, which just seems. I mean, I mentioned it in the in the break. The instrumentation between the first song and the second song, we had. a brass instrument that I'm not able to discern what it is playing at one point. Then we had bongos and basses leading a melody for a solid minute before dropping into a string soloist and then a full string set. Like, they had some money to spend on this game and its music in kind of a staggering way. Uh, A couple things I want to talk about about this game. Obviously, you've talked about it a lot already on Radio Free Nintendo. Check it out at RFN Podcast on Twitter. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty stubborn with this game. I, I played this game very stubbornly, and uh, it almost burned me out at one point. Um, right when you get to the point where you can go to any one of the four um, uh, divine beasts, uh, I just kept going in weird paths that just literally blew up in my face in some cases. I mean, I'd be climbing towards something, and all of a sudden I catch on fire because apparently I'm close to something hot. And, you know, I lose a whole bunch of progress because I didn't auto-save. So I was off in the middle of nowhere, uh, you, you know, just stubbornly climbing. And, it, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I got a toehold finally on the, uh, on the, uh, towards the, the camel uh, divine beast, which apparently is the hardest one. And, and everyone else was like, oh, yeah, see that one for last. Well, I, that was what I beat first. And see, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, the game the game very cleanly points you towards um, the 
the the Zorad one. I mean, yeah, which I like. Apparently, went right past and found the, like the the forest instead, thinking that was the bridge they were talking about. So, I think the game has some problems and nature of its structure. It's hard to really direct yeah, too I, I forcefully. Mean, I assumed that the point there was just like, hey, if you want to follow this, go ahead. You don't have to. Well, I, I was didn't. trying to find Zora's domain, and I failed miserably, so I just gave up on that one someplace else. I mean, that, that's what happened to me. And, and, and I'm just stubborn. I, I, didn't, I didn't go off exploring that much. If there was something that, you know, shine started beeping along my path, I went for it, and I didn't... I beat the game with 44 shrines. Oh, my God. I beat the game with 44 shrines. So, I, like I said, I, I was just sort of stubborn, and, you, you know, if I went to a hard spot and I just kind of ran my head against it... And, uh, you know, sometimes that really got me in trouble when something was optional that I didn't realize was optional. But um, like those, that one of those shrine quests in the in the forest with, uh, you know, or if you go off course, oh, you have to yeah. do the whole thing over again. Yeah. yeah, that that is not a good one to do with like eight hearts. No, I can imagine. That was <laughs> so, my that was one of the last ones I did before I had to really start hunting. Yeah, because it's so, miserable. But this game's great. I mean, I I had a couple of spots that you know partly because of my own fault. Uh, I got pissed off at it, but you know, I worked through it and overall the game's great. Um, one thing that's really interesting is how it builds on itself in so many ways, including like you heard in the, in the music on the third song, that was uh, Hyrule uh, Castle, the last dungeon. And uh, you know, overall the dungeons aren't great. They're, they're different. Um, but in, on all the dungeons, they, the music builds on itself over time. Like every time you, I forget what it is. You, you're unlocking a like a terminal or something. Yeah, you're basically um, plugging your iPad in. Yeah, another layer of the of the soundtrack uh, builds up, and I don't know if it's technically just layers and you know tracks, but um, that, that's basically what it feels like, right? And it, and it builds up and up and up, and then you know you get to the final boss. And and what you heard in the third song is kind of the same thing with Hyrule Castle, but it's a different structure and. And it's actually pretty impactful because that that dungeon is so much different from the others. Um, yeah. And, and one thing I'll say, going back to my stubbornness, um, I'm not sure I went inside at all uh, when I beat the game. I didn't even know there was really an inside, uh, other than maybe like, you know, Zelda's tower or whatever. Right. I happened to, to, to stumble on my first go around. So when I was hunting for shrines, like, oh, there's an inside to this place. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, oh crap, this is huge. So, in uh, that, and it was weird because that one section of the game almost feels like a Metroid Prime game. Um, yeah, if you if you try to go in through the front door, you're gonna have a very long time to get through it. There's a lot going on in there. Yeah, I think I went in through the front door from like the outside, but then I just started climbing outside. I didn't yeah. go inside inside and. Uh, and so that, that's just really cool, and I'm sure most people who are listening to this have already explored, uh, you know, most of this game. But uh, if uh, if you didn't, if you just sort of beat it and you, and you walked away for some reason and you did not explore the inside of Hyrule Castle, do yourself a favor and go back because there's some pretty cool nooks and crannies there. It's it's very different from the rest of the game, and and kind of kudos to Nintendo for actually doing that. It made it pretty impactful. I kind of wish more of the dungeons were like that yeah, game, that section, another- but. Four were more similar to that, rather than being kind of like physics puzzles things. Yeah, I think they've been more impactful. Even if they just had that kind of, it's not really linear because you can enter the castle in like eight different places, but that sort of semi-linear sense. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's linear. Just it, it's more intricate in terms of places yeah. to explore, things to see. There are uh, routes in it. Yeah, inside of it. yeah. Um, as opposed to just weird, hollow, a big, a big navig- space. Yeah, yeah. That, that camel one's especially egregious for that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Zelda. I mean, it, I don't know what more there is to say. Uh, I, I saved it for a couple of months. Hopefully, I haven't spoiled anything with that last song. Um, I would hope everyone who wants to play this game has played it on one platform or another at this point. Um, if you are if you own a Wii U and you're holding out to play this on Switch, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a wise choice or not. I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably at this point, if you're going to buy a Switch, you're just trying to get one. Um, yeah. Like, I, I've seen one in the wild as of today, so maybe your your chances of getting one are, are improving. Um, but if you're just holding out saying, like, you're waiting for the Switch to drop in price, given its current sell-through rate... Oh, it's not going to drop in price. Yeah, it's not going to drop in price. I mean, it might, they might start bundling with stuff, but they're not going to drop the price. And I, I would guess they're not going to bundle it with Zelda. No, they would probably bundle it with, like, Mario Kart. Because you're, you're going to buy that anyway, yeah. more than likely. Um, and Mario Kart would move a system. Right. So there is something else to say about Zelda. Yeah, the, the, the question, right? Yes. So, so I'm... Go ahead. Do, you, do you want to repeat the question? Yeah, the, the question is, what uh, what is it notable for introducing in terms of middleware to the series? This would be the Havoc engine. Correct. Yeah, the, as many people know, this game is, has a lot of physics-based puzzles, uh, but it is using the Havoc's physics engine. But I didn't even know until I looked it up. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, because uh, I think uh, the last Smash Brothers game also used the Havoc uh, physics engine. It did, I believe. But coming out of NCL, this is unusual. Yeah, they don't usually... They usually like to roll their own in terms of software, but maybe they realize they just couldn't build their own physics engine. So right before the game came out at GDC, they had a presentation about the physics and their so-called chemistry engine. Like, that was the Mm -hmm. whole purpose of the presentation. Um, uh, I think Mr. Fubayashi did it. Um, And they talked in it about why they said they just can't build their own in this case. Basically, the answer was, it would have just been impossible for us to build, build our own and then also build the world and do all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if the chemistry thing they built themselves, but the, certainly the, phys- the the physics engine. I mean, that, there's years and years and years of <laughs> engineering that's gone into that engine. And just so. revisions too, because yeah. the fir- when Havoc first came out, it was just a source of hilarious images yeah. because it just didn't know how to handle some stuff. The ragdoll stuff. Yeah. Well, it still is a source of hilarity, but not not an embarrassing way. No, right, not I mean. not the game just completely. I mean, there are a couple moments I had where the game just freaked out, but. Not like old, not like old school havoc. You you really like pushing these things to their limit, though. I mean, I mean, I did some stuff certainly, um, but it, you know, if this had been built on like Havoc 1.0, the game just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I think there was one puzzle that I think I basically broke to, to solve. There was some puzzle, right? For some reason, I maybe I didn't think to freeze time or, or something like that, and so I wound up like just. Uh, instead of carrying something across the conveyor belt or something, I wound up just like using bombs to blow it across. The, I think <laughs> the I know room. exactly which one you're talking about. Because, <laughs> like I said, I'm stubborn. I wasn't. I'm not really creative in terms of figuring out a bunch of different ways to solve problems. So. I, I had an octo. I made it work. <laughs> so that was that was my moment where I just said, "Nope, I'm done with this game," and I just strapped octo balloons to something and finished it that way. 
Oh, octo- I don't think I ever used an octobloom to solve anything in the game. I pretty much only used it to do nonsense. Um, but in one instance, I thought, you know, these spikes are really getting on my nerves. Mm-hmm. And I just did it that way. Um, they are fun to play with, though. They serve no purpose otherwise, but they are fun to play with. Well, we should probably move on to the next game. We do we do have four more games le- to, to work on here. Let's do it. Work on. Four more games to uh, play and talk about. And uh, baby needs to get to bed before midnight.
again, really much more restrained focus, but still really nice instrumentation for a for a piece. Don't don't worry. This the, the not every game is going to be this rich. We'll we'll have some some <laughs> stuff that you know doesn't sound nearly as impressive. Some um, money's been episode. spent on this game so far. <laughs> I'm talking about the other the other games in this lineup. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> James, would you like to read the question this time? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, okay. Probably should have given you a heads up. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I just I was looking for which one it was in this list. The continent this game takes place in appeared in another game, but under a different name. What is the name of that game? And in that game, what is this place called? I'm thinking that one probably gives away everything. If um, you've played the game, sure. It so the second song was was more of a giveaway for me because I haven't played this game, but I recognize that second song. It sounds like maybe that's from like Radiant Dawn or 
Path of Radiance. Uh, Ele- yeah, the old the old radio trivia guess. It's one of these. Yeah. Uh, elements elements of both the second and third songs pull from the series. Um, but this particular game is Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia. Which is uh, a remake. It is a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden for the, and for the Famicom, which we never got. Yeah. So, James, uh, I know you've talked about this a lot. I have not played this game. I, I probably should. I, it's been a long enough time that probably I'm willing to play another Fire Emblem game. Uh, Awakening really drained me, um, so I, I passed on the other ones that came out. This one seems so different. I would say if Awakening drained you, do not touch Fates. Fates yeah, is, Fates I, no, is, I, that's why I didn't touch it. <laughs> yeah, like I liked Awakening a whole heck of a lot, and I, I can't remember if I gave it my game of the year that year or if it was the if it was the runner up. I think it was the runner up because Johnny was shocked. Um, but Fates drained me. Hmm. I never even got around to the third path, which everyone says this is the best, and I'm like, well, the why is it the third path? Uh, yeah, this I've... game was a revelation by comparison. Like it was, it was just nice to get back into Fire Emblem. That's not like my wife who Sims 2017. Yeah, for me, like I, I like Fire Emblem. I played a lot of the games when they, you know was new to the to North America, and I kind of had a history of getting drained down on it because uh, Radiant Dawn, which was the direct sequel to the GameCube game, almost for Wii. That game just went on and on and on. And it was like by the end of the game, I'm just sort of angry at it for not finishing earlier. And it's like, why am I still playing this game? Uh, I, I think it's, I think I've said this before, it's probably the game I never, I, I got a review copy of it, never reviewed. I, I think that is actually what happened. Everybody's um, got one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, Fire Emblem is in that weird space where it's like, I, I have really fond memories of it at the same time. I've gotten really burned out on it. <laughs> so, so I, uh, I mean, this game seems like uh, slightly different from what you've said. I mean, it it, it was that weird, the Bizarro sequel, right? So it, yeah, it, it, it so, does some stuff that was ditched in later Fire Emblem games. Um, it, it's the it's that weird second game in the in the series where yeah. they like they seem to have the idea right in the first, or they had the basics in the first game, and then said the second game, well, let's try something completely different. And then by the third game, they just went back and refined the first game. Um, this one's got that whole dungeon exploration thing that's just been jettisoned from the series completely. Um, Unless you count like hidden shops or something. It's some games yeah. they have. But, uh, but like it didn't, it worked better than I expected it to. How much of that do you think was because they cleaned it up a lot? In, in oh, all of it. All of it. I'm sure, I'm sure completely. Um, now, it also gives you basically unlimited grind potential if you really want to. Uh, which helps the game progress. It lets you play with other characters. But there's stuff hidden in some... I mean, some of these caves are completely optional. And there's stuff hidden in them that makes it worth it. Uh, the the post-game cave has completely kicked my ass so many times that I basically just gave up. Uh, but, but, like, it's... It's a fun challenge to try to do. Uh, yeah, it's it's... You know, it's shorter than... It's probably about the same length as, as Awakening, uh, which is the right length for a Fire Emblem game. Because as you said, the ones that go long, they feel like they go even longer than they actually go. They do. There's there's no real reason for Fire Emblem to be... I don't know. Maybe, maybe just one of those things that feel like longer is better, but... Like, 20-ish I, hours is kind of the number to me. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, I, you can I, go a little bit over that. Um, I'm but, pretty sure the game time for 
Radiant Dawn was long, especially if you're one of those people that is just going to reset reset if you lose a character, which I, I certainly sure. uh, played like that back in the day. Um, and mean, that's it, gone now. Like the series yeah. has extricated that. Yeah. I mean, you can you can still do it if you want, but I can't imagine what this game was like when it came out with that because you get a lot of party characters, but they're really specialized because um, it, it more more heavily skews towards a class system. So like, oof. I do, I mean, I I really think DLC practices aside, because this one's pretty pretty rough. Uh, you know, I really like what this game was, and I think it was. I thought. I almost didn't buy it because I was Fire Emblemed out. I'm glad I did. What is the DLC that you're referring to? I guess I haven't been following. So the game has a season pass. Um, all the all the 3DS games have had season passes. Um, but this one is especially kind of like your bang for buck seems pretty low. Um, in fact, Don at Nintendo World Report did a review of them just yesterday, actually, well, as of recording. Um, he really only seemed to be that positive on one of them. I don't know. So, I mean, I mean if Fates is any indicator, I don't think I need any DLC. I, just, I, I had no. more than my fill uh, based on just the main game. And uh, I bought some of the Awakening stuff because it was funny and neat. Uh, but yeah, Fates, I was... No, I'm good. So uh, there is a hint question here to answer. There um, is. So what, what, what other game did this world uh, appear in? So, uh, a bunch of the Fire Emblem games all take place in the same universe, uh, but they're, they're separated by a whole bunch of time. Um, this game takes place, relative to the games that we've played more recently, far in the past. So, um, the continent that this game primarily takes place on uh, was, was last seen in Fire Emblem Awakening, actually. Uh, it's the continent of Valm that the party goes to, to... Uh, to, it, it's to deal with the very first big boss and um, this is this whole game takes place on that continent and sort of shows the founding of the kingdom they go to fight it, do, it doesn't it only kind of kind of hints at it I didn't realize it until I saw the map and went wait a minute this is familiar and then sure enough yep it's the same place just like the layout uh, in the game mm-hmm. similar it's the exact same map oh wow uh, some of the cities aren't the same places, but yeah, it's the same map. It's 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 also like ten thousand years earlier, or some ridiculous number like that. Civilization but is, is still at the same level ten thousand years later, pretty much. Huh? <laughs> I think it's got. I think their argument is it's been cyclical. Um, but I do like that. Like the entire Fire Emblem universe, fates aside, um, has this like consistent universe, and they just sort of go like, I don't know, ten thousand years later, something else happens. There's some, there's some, there's some degree of like we care, but we don't care that much. That yeah, I, I it's it's, it's kind of like the the Zelda. It's like, well, yeah, it's just, it's just another different art incarnation. Of all these characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just let's move on. It's way in the future. Way yeah. in the, at some point, this is all underwater. Who cares? <sighs> okay, Ec- excellent. Game three. Yeah, let's go on to game three. Sound very defeated, and now no, it's time for game why. three. Stupid Nintendo doesn't care about their own plots. Every, <laughs> everything's <laughs> fine.
Told you we were going lower budget. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I've stumped you or not i've got i don't have a name but i feel fairly confident i've heard these songs before good good which is almost worse than feeling like i got nothing well this is a long question that might help Okay. <laughs> During the game's opening sequence, two characters seemingly perish and two escape. One of the escapees is Artea, but who is the other lucky survivor? And if I'm wrong on that hint question, we'll have to fix that in post. <laughs>
Oh, you've done something dark here. Um, and now I have to make a guess. Because I know who Artea is. The problem is Artea is in multiple games. I am going to go with this being Lufia and the Fortress of Doom. You are correct. Hey! I didn't even know I had done something so mischievous. I just wrote a question, damn it. <laughs> so, so what you've done is Lufia and the Fortress of Doom has a prologue sequence at the very beginning of the game. And in it, a, a group of characters go and attack the Sinestrals. Um, and that is sort of the end of the prologue, and then it snaps to the future. And that's that's the main game. Uh, Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinestrals, is essentially the quest that got that party up to the point that is the prologue. So there's a prequel. Uh, um, it just so happens that Artea is in that party, which means Artea is effectively in both games. What I couldn't remember is if Artea is in the very start of Lufia 2. I don't believe he is, which is why I made that guess. Well, you guessed correctly. Who, 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 who is the other lucky survivor? Um, I'm going to assume it's Maxim because he has descendants. Uh, no. So I, I don't know if oh. they actually died, but you know, it's it's assume, you know it's implied or something. It's Guy. Guy, the, the, okay. the lamest name in the game, probably. Guy. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um, yeah, because I... Which is weird, because the uh, Maxim ends up having having children. Um, so maybe, I guess the children were pre-born? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he... I mean, I, I, I don't know if Maxim actually dies, or it's just sort of implied at the beginning. Very good. So, uh, this was a request from a longtime uh, listener and fan of the show and friend of the show, Veronica Gazaway. She requested this back in 2012. That is a long time ago request. Yeah. So, uh, I kind of saved this. I think I'd use this, uh, or almost use this on several occasions. After, you know, James, you're, you're a pretty big Lufia fan, although I maybe am. more of a Lufia 2 fan, but. Uh, I think we already used Lufia too, so uh, here we go, Lufia. I was like, uh, just check and solve this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there going, like, I know this music. Where's it from? Um, and then you said the name, and I went, oh, he's he's done the mean thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I mean, Lufia. Well, it's just it's a kind of a standard RPG. I, I don't know. I, I haven't played this game. I told you so, I needed to do more research and prep for no, the no, show, and I did it. So, so you'll have to so talk about this. Lufia One is pretty primitive um, in a lot of ways. Rise of the Nationals, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, no, it, Lufia One is no, not sorry, Rise Lufia of the Nationals. Lufia One is <laughs> you know, Lufia yeah. in, in, in the Fortress of Doom, which is which is a such a is a like a, a nothing subtitle. Oh, it's, it's absolutely it's, nothing. It's like, do you like Indiana Jones? Then you're gonna love Lufia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, and, and the problem is in Japan, none of this applies because it's Estopolis Denki. Yeah. Um, biography of a stop of Estopolis, which isn't even name, which isn't even the name of a place. I think carries over in the Luffy series. I think they just dropped the name altogether, Estopolis. So just you know, whatever. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean that game is pretty old, all things considered. Um, it was. Uh, 
I'm trying to remember who actually did the the development of of the of the game for reals, because uh, of course those games had weird publishing situations. I think Taito yeah. published that game in the West, and just everything is everything is everything. But I want to say it was a, a like '93 by Neverlands when that game came out in Japan. So not not super old, but it feels quite old, um, even relative to its contemporaries. But Lufia 2 is the one where, where the series kind of fixes itself and, and starts to become its own thing and feels more, I say modern, but modern, you know, in the sense of when it came out. And um, the, biggest, the biggest thing about the series, uh, as, as I recall, finding connection with it was that the dungeons weren't just a matter of kind of go through dungeons, slog through enemies, get to end, but that there were puzzles, almost kind of like Tails puzzles. You know how the dungeons and Tails, you have powers, you can kind of manipulate mm-hmm, the dungeon mm-hmm. and move around. That kind of stuff showed up a bit. Um, and I think I always kind of liked that the game, just the very first game, doesn't even bother to tell you a story. It's like there is something that's going to happen, and it happened a long time ago, and jump, jump cut to all this time later, and then in retrospect, so let's go back and make a game out of that. Um, and they did it okay. Uh, the only other thing I could think of that does something really similar in that era, because, you know, the big the big RPGs kind of always broke their chronology and didn't really continue on, was, of course, the Breath of Fire series, which kept a consistent chronology throughout. Um, but, again, that was still pretty novel at the time, the idea of having a true sequel to a JRPG. But they, they all did recognize that I need to advance time because otherwise I have level 100 characters. What am I going to do with them? But, yeah, I think I think for me, this game is... Lufia 2 is really good. Lufia 1 is... It exists. Um, and without it, we wouldn't have Lufia 2. But I think to some degree, I right place, right, pl- right time them too. You know, you, you made that statement, and my mind kind of jumped to Golden Sun, where they really did do a direct sequel, and you kept sort of your characters again. And they, they kind of held that a weird way, right? Where they you were playing as a different party, and then later they yeah. kind of joined back up when they're about the same level. Isaac and friends were all kind of kept away from you for a while. Yeah. Um, and you had, to, you had to control Felix and his party. Although one character did cross over, Felix's sister, so they never explained that. They just said, whatever, it's not worth it. Uh, and then, and then they brought. Then you could mix the party uh, about halfway through the game. Yeah, so, like so probably when I, Isaac not being as strong as he was when he beat the final bosses in in the first one. Uh, but of course, when they made the third sequel, they realized now we have eight characters who are super powered. Right. So <laughs> let's just let's just go another generation later and fix the problem that way. Uh, which is exactly how they solved it. They just said, all right, uh, 20 years, bang, done. And of course, all those characters are still alive from the first game, and yet their kids go off to solve the problem. Maybe they should just do it themselves, because they're like 35 at this point. Like, they're not nah, that old. I'm retired. Nope. That's, can't can't nope. be bothered. World is going to end. Eh. Not my problem. Gotta teach the young'uns. There, there is something. There's something like kind of nice about how they handled it the, in the in the first sequel because exactly that they like you knew they were out there and in fact your party is kind of dealing with the fact they're going to have to face them mm-hmm. because they know like hey these guys basically just killed gods uh this won't be fun and then they sort of roll up on them at some point but yeah with the sequel I just kept like you would go meet part members of the first party and you're like what's can you can you do this? Please? I'm not I'm not ready for this. Mm. 
No, we'll see you later. Bye bye. I don't know. It's it, it is. I think that's part of the reason why you don't see sequels in JRPGs, though. It's like, what do you what do you do with them? Like, how do you or do you just Mega Man it away? And he just gave up all his powers. He uh, he set reset himself back to level one. It's fine. You know, you can only have Samus uh, mysteriously lose her power so many times. You know, Samus has lost so many powers throughout the galaxy. <laughs> They're just littering the ground everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they did have like Samus's descendants, uh, you know, to do that reboot, that gritty reboot. Uh, maybe that's what Metroid Prime Form is all about, you know. Yes. Well, why does it have to be gritty? I don't know. Well, well, because if it's, I mean, I don't know that I want to play Yarn Samus. <laughs> I mean, isn't Metroid already kind of gritty? I mean, why did I have to say a gritty reboot? I mean, <laughs> well, but but gritty also, you need to take the color out of it, desaturate. Oh, okay. Taking notes here. Hold on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, black and white, Metroid Prime Four. Got it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move on from uh, Lufia to uh, the next game, which James knows. In fact, James knows the rest of the the, the Yay! lineup. So I'm going to get these right. <laughs> you better. <laughs> <laughs> We just did a demake of all the music from earlier. We're, we're we're slowly falling apart here. You know the budget. We run out of money, so you know. I don't know. Can you make it in one chip tune instrument? <sighs> Let's it see. Doesn't cost more money to use more than instruments. No, just the one. I, well, well, let's see if there's another instrument in this next one. All okay, right? we'll see if we've got another one. All right.
There's something very Genesis about uh, that the song thumps. right there. Is it's, that what it or, is? Or maybe the wumps. The boom, boom, boom. Like there's that. There's this hard driving beat on the back of this thing in a lot of this music. Um, but yeah, maybe the instrumentation is a little bit Genesis-y too. Yeah, I mean that that song definitely. I mean there there's there's kind of a I don't I I can't characterize it verbally, but it, there's something about it that just sounds like a Sonic game to me and. There's kind of a chiminess or something to to the higher notes in that. I don't know. There, there, there's definitely something in that first melody, the the da that like how it jumps to those notes. That is, there's a song that that's pulling out somewhere in the back of my head from another game, and I can't figure out what it is. Hmm. But well, yeah, there there is a hint question here. There is um, a hint question. So the goddess refers to the main. Which uh, I am. The goddess refers to the main characters as children of what realm, or which? Sorry, as children of which realm? Sorry, Ooh. there were a couple of typos uh, for me to fix. In my... <laughs> I didn't uh, proofread that question. Hmm, I'm not sure I know the answer to that question. the game obviously because i picked it yeah the game is kamiko for switch yeah it's a it's an indie game from fly high works uh, which is a small company that made a bunch of wii u games or published them yeah this is a, this this is a cool little game i uh it's like five bucks and uh, it's really good for like an airplane ride or something if you haven't checked it out it's uh now, it's not long. You can probably beat it in an hour, an hour and a half, uh, depending on you know how many times you die, maybe. But uh, it, it's got replayability. I mean, it's uh, kind of a speedrun game if you're into that. Uh, but it's cool. I mean, it's it just it's it's uh, it doesn't outstay its welcome. It just sort of does what it does, and it's over. Um, you know, it's what like four levels, five levels, something like that. Uh, eight, eight, four, five, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's got some cool bosses and. Uh, three playable characters which are they're similar from what i can tell but they have uh kind of a different uh, attack uh, which, yeah. which can kind of change the dynamic um now one thing that annoys me about this game is that it it's um enemies respawn and yeah um and even like sometimes you'll walk forward and you know you have to kill enemies to progress and if you go the wrong way like if you if you forgot which direction you came from and you, you need to play it again right you have to battle those guys once again because 
back into yeah. that area that and gets locked up. So there's some weird I mean, jankiness. It's very old school in that way, but um, it, it's hard to fault it too much. It's really... It's just an old school five dollar game, you know. And yeah, I mean it's 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 very heavily inspired by first Zelda's Zelda Zelda and the Super Nintendo Zelda just from a combat standpoint. Um, it, yeah, I'd say it's faster paced. Oh, it's a wise. lot faster though. But like visually, it takes a lot of inspiration. Sure. And it, the orientation of the game world is is very um, similar in how you navigate through it, including yeah. like the screen panning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it. it it is, as you said, it is a lot faster. I mean, there's a dash button. Yeah, you almost don't want to use the dash button unless you're trying to speed run because it, it, you can easily screw up, um, get hit. At least that's my experience. I don't know. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, there is there is some danger there, in, in, as you said, because you have to redeal a bunch of stuff. Um, but the game's also really pretty. Like, considering it's it's got a very 8-bit aesthetic to it, although obviously no NES could have output this game. Yeah, or even a Genesis. I mean, it it, it has a clean but decidedly old school look, and uh, you're right. It, it just really does look good. Like I said, I it's kind of a blur because I played it. Like I said, basically one sitting on a plane, but um, it, it's got some neat puzzles. There's a lot of backtracking and you know forking of uh, paths. So sometimes it can be hard to find the safe state. A safe state. Five save locations. Like I'll, I'll walk yep. past it once, and so you get like ten minutes in, and you die, and you have to do the whole thing over because you oh, you just happen to not go up instead of right, you know. And uh, there's a little bit of like I said, it, it, it's very old school. You know, I think it was made by like what one person. You know? Yeah, something like that. So yep. uh, it, it, I, I'm willing to forgive some of these faults because it, it it's kind of a boutique little game, and uh, but you know it sounds great as, as you just heard. Um, and uh, come on, five bucks. I mean, really? Yeah, it's 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 absolutely worth five bucks. It's you know the, the three characters do play relatively different, even though you're playing the same game. Because uh, it's it's a sword, a boomerang, and a bow. And like the bow, the bow really requires you do some stuff, you know, some more planning ahead. Because at close range, that's not quite so much fun. Uh, yeah, I haven't played with the bow character as much. I think. It- you said boomerang to me it was like a yo-yo but yeah, yeah something it goes out comes back yeah it's but yeah it's that one's the most different of the three um and requires you play it a little bit differently but i like it it's 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 a lot of fun um just not it's just not a lot of fun because it's pretty short yeah which is fine like i said i i'd rather a game not out to it's welcome so yeah i think my immediate thought was yeah that's when that game needed to end when i was playing it like I didn't, I, I, I felt like, yep, that's where that game should have ended. Um, which is a weird feeling. You don't usually ever hit a, hit the point, a game where you're like, that is exactly where I wanted it to stop. Um, but in terms of where does this world take place in, or what is the name of their world? Whoo! Uh, I can name all the characters, um, but beyond that, uh, I got nothing. So the goddess is like an oh, child of the transient world. Or old child of the transient realm. So that's the answer. I've uh. seen both transient world and transient realm, but uh, that's I don't. I guess that's the the realm of people who die. All all that is temporary from the perspective of a god, because because they, they are shrine maidens, um, and you you speak to God twice in the game. So maybe maybe it says both. Maybe at one point it says one, one point it says the other. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so, sure. Something like that. Yeah. 
but yes, that, that's that's I did not I was never going to guess that. So good, I stumped you with a dumb esoteric question. Excellent. Fair enough. I just want to ask what weapons you have access to. <laughs> All right, one last game, guys. Energy. energy.
I, I'm glad we're ending with this game. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of like what this game's bringing to the table compared to everything else. Like, it's, it's got a whole different verve from what we've been doing up to this point. All right. So the question. Yeah, go for it. Okay. This game is one of multiple versions of this game. <sighs> Sorry, sorry, was I commenting there? Sorry, no, no, Sykes, please, please. Uh. No, 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 this, this, uh, this game had multiple versions. This one in particular is a remix of two previous versions. What are the names of one of the two versions that came before it? I'm not going to ask you to name both, but if you know one, you probably know the other. The series had an anime. Ugh. Oh yeah, it did. Oh, it's Lord. got like it's got like fifty episodes. Too. Yeah, four C four C. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, what the? It sure yeah. did. Capcom was all over it because this is Mega Man Battle Network Five Double Team DS. Why? Why? The why is why is this the third version of this game? What, what was what was the subtitle for this particular version? Double Team DS. Now, what's interesting is this is an early D- uh, early-ish DS game. It's not that early. Um, 
And Capcom was still in that phrase where they were like trying to make all their DS games have DS be the subtitle. Like, uh, the Resident Evil had it. Um, I want to say. Yep. The, it's Maple the Joe thing to do it. on Nintendo systems. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it goes about like all the way back on their Mega Man Legends 64. Uh, but this time they went double, like, oh, they're going to do it. And then they went team, and they went, oh. As then they threw DS at the end. <laughs> it's horrible. Like, like, they couldn't find an S term that is roughly commensurate with team. So he just threw DS at the end. <laughs> uh, because Deadly Silence was, was so on point. That that's that's the name we had to go. Actually, that was Techno. So I, they they could have just avoid you know, they could have just done double money. Give us your money, <laughs> double dollar sign. <laughs> yeah, this there's so there are actually six Mega Man Battle Network main series games and two spinoffs. Um, all of them after two have versions. Oh, God, and you wonder why Mega Man was driven into the ground. Well, yeah, I, but uh, granted, that, that this stopped. This stopped. 10 years ago. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the grass has lied fallow for a while. Of course, there was the Mega Man Star Force series, which evolved out of this onto the DS. Um, the, uh, I want to say there was a Battle Network, there, uh, there is a Battle Network game for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Which I'm not, I'm not joking. There really is. There's a spinoff for the, uh, for well, there were, well, there was one for, like, the GameCube, too, that was pretty poorly regarded, right? The Wonder Swan game. Um, and yeah, there's a GameCube game. Those are the two spinoffs. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network Transmission, I think, was the GameCube game. And then uh, Rockman EXE WS Wonder Swan is the, is the Wonder Swan spinoff. Um, and for those who don't know, Rockman.exe is the Japanese name of the series. Yeah, yeah. I think there may have also been a cell phone game. Why not? Sure. Uh, but Battle. Oh, no, no, it was a. Uh, it's even worse. It was the. Uh, you know, I mean, you and I have both been to Japan. You know, they have the arcade games that require you buy, like, cards and crap in order to play them. Uh, I'm not even sure I gave that enough notice to even know what that was. Oh. Well, they made one of those. Rockman EXE Battle Chip Stadium, where you need cards to play an arcade game, but you have to pay to play anyway. Yeah. I'd say Nintendo's above that, but that's zero GX. No. They're absolutely AX. not above. Yeah. Well, that was just you had to take your save card back and forth. This is, this is like, you have to buy, like... I thought, I thought there was also something where there was a card there may have been. There to, may have for been. stats too. But. There may have been. But like, yeah, it, it, you have battle chips that you win as prizes and you use them in the game. And I like the Mega Man Battle Network series in general. In well, let's general. talk about this game. Yeah. So I haven't played five. I want to um, because they released it on the Wii U. I think they may have released all three versions on the Wii U for some reason. Why not? Um, sure. They released, they released all the Mega Man Battle Network games on the Wii U. Maybe not six. I can't remember. Uh, but this one's interesting because so it's got two distinct, semi-distinct stories that run for the two uh, either the two versions of the, the Game Boy Advance games, which were Team Colonel and Team Proto Man. The, those are the enemies in the the, the big boss. The Team Colonel. Uh, Team Colonel. Are you sure that isn't spelled with a K? You spelled it with a C. It is spelled with a C. Okay. It, that's his rank. He's a colonel. He's a colonel. Not, we're not talking about like computer colonels, you know, like uh, operating system colonels. No, no, we're talking about the colonel from Mega Man X Four specifically. Um, Could have been Colonel Colonel. Colonel Colonel. But the uh, well, I mean, he doesn't. He's a he's a robot. He doesn't need an actual name. They just named him what his position was. We have built you to be a colonel. 
um, which I guess robots don't aspire for promotion, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, and so the the Mega Man Battle Network series sort of re-envisions Mega Man characters as these sort of net, what they call net navvies, these like um, AI applications that you can basically hack anything in the universe with. Because the entirety of, of the Battle Network series is basically like a prototype for the level 5 kind of game world. You know, where uh, a young boy runs around town with some kind of power and interfaces with solving these, like, small problems that everyone around him can't seem to solve. Um, usually a really constrained area that's, like, his town, the part of town he lives in, maybe an urban center, and the area around his school. So, you know, in Azuma 11, it's basically, it's that, but you have soccer as the power to stop bad stuff. Um, in Yokai Watch, it's the power to see Yokai. In this, it's the power to be really good at having a net navi and then also hack into everything because everything has a computer in it in this world. Including in this game, one of my favorites, a statue of a pig. Um, Sweet. You're told to go jack in, which is the, the game terminology, to this pig in order to get something that was left behind for you. Um, I like about the series more than anything is that Lan, who's the main character, uh, saves the world six distinct times each one of the games and his friends he's he's in I want to say he's in like late elementary maybe early middle school all of his friends still act like total jerks to him the entire time like at one point he stops a dam from exploding through hacking because everything in this universe can and has been hacked um, which is a little dystopian he stops a dam from exploding, saves the town, and then his friends make fun of him for his swim trunks later. Why not? It, there's, it, it's, like, it's why like, not? He is kids basically kids. he is basically your hacking messiah. Maybe you should just treat him a little bit nicer. <laughs> I, I do kind of just like the tone of this series. It doesn't really care. It's got it, not the you know there's you can say that it doesn't care in like as a as a derisive. And usually, oh, I, I think that's how you meant it. <laughs> But like, there's a, there's a, it's carefree is probably the way of putting it. Like, it just, it just sort of just settles on, yeah, it's fine. Like, you can, you can like jack into flower pots and stuff and like ovens and like make things not work correctly. And uh, the combat system for the game is all about collecting. It's, it's basically it's a positional card battle game, um, but it works. Like you would expect that to be terrible, but there is a lot of strategy in it, and it kind of plays out the way you would hope it would um so you can get through these pretty quick and they're pretty you know they're they're, they're pretty decent for what they're trying to be because they're i mean they're aimed squarely at children yeah i I played one of them i think i played it played uh mega man battle network 3 i enjoyed it i'm not sure i got to the very end of it but uh i I probably sunk a good 10-15 hours into it um, and it's got a competent, at least, I don't know about five, but the series in general has a competent battle system. Um, pretty fast, right? You can move on this little grid. And uh, I don't know about five, but three had this weird power system where it was almost like a mini version of the old Resident Evil briefcase uh, yep. thing where you have to kind of uh, play Tetris with your powers that you want to use to try to fit them all in a constrained space. Yeah, they entered that. I think they entered that too. And every game, they kind of tweaked it a little bit to kind of give people something new to try. But these games are coming out like annually. I mean, o- almost exactly annually. Also, with the Mega Man Zero games at the same time, so like they were making product. 
So it's kind of amazing that these games have as much in them as they do because the rate they were just hammering them out yeah. is obscene. Um, but what's yeah, like to me, the joy was always in like I need to build it because like if you get some combination of chips, which is the card parallel here. Uh, at the same time, you can use them. You can combine them to do like a superpower that's incredibly devastating. It's like sword, long sword, wide sword at the same time creates. I can't remember what it's called, but basically, it's just a screen clearing weapon. Yeah, the, uh, the game has some similarities actually to, in its combat at least, with um, uh, Radiant Historia. Actually, a, I mean, a bit. Yeah, it's a they, lot. They about kind of have a feel. Yeah, I mean, it, it, just in terms, of it's kind of a real time grid base and. You, you can lay things out in advance such that, right, if you set the chain of events, uh, you, you can do a lot of damage. What I always thought was interesting about the game, though, is that the AI, for what it is, it's a Game Boy Advance game, does attempt to do the same thing to you. Like, it, it'll... One of the things that uh, there's an enemy that's really nefarious about is you control half the grid, they control half the grid, and you can move freely in that space. And uh, I remember there was a boss where he had an ability to let him grab one row of space from you. So he could now move in that space, but you couldn't. So you're now hemmed into four squares instead of, or six squares instead of nine. Right. And then he had a skill that let him take out squares and just disable them from you for some period of time. So he was slowly hemming you into one spot. And then the devastation attack came down. And so the way to avoid that was basically force, like, make the spaces that got cleared out first or taken and deactivated first with the ones he had access to to shoot you from. So it was a lot of, like, you had to kind of game him for a while and wait for your chance to hit him. And it, you know, it made those, it made that thing feel beatable, but also, like, imperiling. Um, and so, you know, they made, so they made a ton of these things. And, yeah, they didn't really evolve too terribly much. I, I want to give Five some credit, though, because Five basically took two games and sort of remixed elements of them together. Um, and one of the things that makes this music specifically from that game, um, the six original games were all GBA games. And, of course, that means they're not using recorded music. Uh, they're using music from the GBA game heart for the GBA hardware, you know, the bleeps and bloops. Um, but six, or the, this five remake, is a DS game, and they could have just recorded the Game Boy Advance's music, like just had a Game Boy Advance or an emulator and just recorded the music into MP3s and put them on the cart. Because of course the DS has different sound hardware. Um, but they didn't. They went and remade the music with new instrumentation to take advantage of the DS and put that in the game, which I appreciate. Um, and this game does have some kind of fun music. The series kind of always did, and this one in particular, you know, having been made for a system that's significantly more capable than the GBA, stands out over the other ones. Uh, even though a lot of times, because of the compressed schedule, a lot of this music is just remixes of music that had showed up in previous games. Yeah, not just, yeah, not, not even just like the previous game, like all four of them. Yeah, previous games... <laughs> It's okay. I mean, like you said, I mean, this is this is product. You know, it's very analogous to, you know, a season of an anime, which apparently they had. Um, they had four, right? But, but, but that's really what this is about, right? I mean, okay, they got the same engine. They're going to tweak it a little bit, but it's really th that whole year of development goes to just a new scenario, right? Right. I need to write a new story and go. 
and make you know make make some new art assets because there's going to be some new places but reuse as much as you can and and make it happen make it go um and of course i say this is the prototype for level five world building but this is also the prototype for level five make product um structurally a lot of what they did capcom was doing here is what level five does now and they did the same outcome happened. They ran it into the ground and then they have to make a new property. And Capcom failed at making their new property. Um, you know, they did it with Star Force was an attempt. Uh, they had that game for 3DS that they were working on. I can't remember what it was called. Um, that was going to have stuff to go with it. But level five just keeps hitting, just keeps hitting home runs. So the, the lineage lives on in a way. But yeah, it's. There, there's something, like, weirdly grimy about this, about, like, okay, we need to have the anime, we need the toy line, we need to have the annualized game. Um, like, it feels... It feels like it la- lacks artistry. Yeah, it's, it's very, um... I don't know, commercial. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I respect that these games all are kind of fun. Like, these games are funny. They're, they're decently well-written, considering their target audience. They've got a good combat system to them. And they did keep tweaking them every time. Like, I appreciate that even though they had, you know, they had hard limits of when this thing had to be done. And they had, what their capabilities were, were severely constrained by that. They cared enough to continue to build the world and do things that are entertaining and create new scenarios that at some point, even the games begin to acknowledge the silliness of the fact that this, you know, preteen boy has saved the world a half dozen times. Which, you know, like, good on them for making product, but also still trying to find ways to make it good. Yeah, I don't like that Pokemon series, my god. <laughs> Which is now on its, like, 800th the, episode in what, the, 12th the, game? I, I don't know. I, I do feel like this game does have, a, like you said, a bit more of a self-awareness or... or, or it's writing definitely is better. Just from the one game I saw and played, uh, it, it, it definitely more personality than... Every Pokemon game I've played, I, I just feel like every po- mainline Pokemon game I've played just it lacks a soul. I'm sorry. And, and you know, they, they just they're, that, they're very vanilla writing. I, you know, that's the thing about those level five games. And Yokai Watch is the same way. Like it has a soul, pun not intended. Um, and the the town that you're in has people and characters, and you can interact with them. And they don't just say the same thing every time you talk to them. And it's because the world is so much smaller and denser in these games uh, than in Pokemon, where it's this big, sprawling continent you, you crisscross. But that trainer is always going to tell you that shorts are comfy and easy to wear <laughs> because they only had time to write dialogue for him one time. And he's always going to look exactly like the other trainer 20 feet away. Whereas these games, you know, they every character, every store, every place is crafted with the intention of reusing it 10 to 15 times. It's a different philosophy, but I think it makes the world feel more organic. And, you know, if you're writing from the perspective of a 12 or 13-year-old, your world in general, for, for most kids that age, isn't very big. Mm-hmm. You know, so as a someone playing it at that age, you'd connect to that. Like, my world is the part of town I live in, the area around my school, and maybe where my parents and I go to buy stuff when we need to buy stuff. And the park. And so it kind of works. And, like, I appreciate that they made a game, that they sort of fell into this kind of game design that is still working even now, 15 years, I guess 15 years on from the first one of these, 2002, I think. 
Might have been in 2001. Yeah, I mean, these are old. These are old games. But I also like the idea that Mega Man is just like basically a virtual pet that can stop nuclear reactors from melting down. A sentient virtual pet. A sentient virtual pet. He's got kind of an attitude. Um, And then in the DS one, they voice acted all the characters, which is amazing. Um, Amazingly bad, or I mean, because I I could see Capcom not doing such a hot job with that. They did a terrible job, but not in. They don't voice act all the dialogue. Just like when you start battles and stuff, like you'll get somebody saying something, and they gave uh, they gave Mega Man a surfer dude voice, and it's awesome. (laughs) Way to go, lad! Oh, it's so good. He sounds like he's 35. It's great. I love it. <laughs> okay, with that, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you, James, for co-hosting and helping me pick the games and music. It was awesome. Thanks for having me on, as always. Uh, yeah, man. Party on, Lan. Nice job, Lan. Like, it's just... <laughs> that was okay, Lan. Like, he judges you. It's so good. It's... Well, I don't know. Have you, seen, have you heard the... Uh, the dub of the anime is it the same voices i have not i can't imagine that's the i can't imagine a professional voice acting studio would pick that voice <laughs> you never know capcom may have insisted on it <laughs> <laughs> it must be surfer dude mega man <laughs> yeah you can hear james on a radio free nintendo every yeah pretty much every week yeah, except for next week. <laughs> what, what, why? You're gonna be out. We actually we're actually taking a week off. Oh, the uh, the unthinkable. Well, I'm not one to throw stones. Enjoy your week <laughs> off. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> uh, you'll probably have already heard the week off before this goes up. But you know. Well, that's fine then. Yeah. If if we re- we release episodes very nearly every Sunday. We aim for about 50 a year, so you, you miss us twice. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, as they say. Okay, I have nothing else to add. I'm, go- I'm going to just... <laughs> well, then I think it's time to end the show. I think so. Good night, everyone. Bye.
The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is copyright 2017 Nintendo. Fire Emblem Echoes Shadow of Valentia is copyright 2017 Nintendo Intelligent Systems. Lufia and the Fortress of Doom is copyright 1993 Taito. Kamiko is copyright 2017 Fly High Works, Skipmore, Kankikuchi, Circle Entertainment. Mega Man Battle Network 5 Double Team DS is copyright 2005 Capcom.